the first of his acts of old. Ages ago I was set up at the first, before the beginning of the earth. When there were no depths, I was brought forth. When there were no springs abounding with water, before the mountains had been shaped, before the hills, I was brought forth. Before he had made the earth with its fields, or the first of the dust of the world, when he established the heavens, I was there. When he drew a circle on the face of the deep, when he made firm the skies above, when he established the fountains of the deep, when he assigned to the sea its limit, so that the waters might not transgress his command, when he marked out the foundations of the earth, then I was beside him like a master workman, and I was daily his delight, rejoicing before him always, rejoicing in his inhabited world, And delighting in the children of man. And now, O sons, listen to me. Blessed are those who keep my ways. Hear hear instruction and be wise and do not neglect it. Blessed is the one who listens to me, watching daily at my gates, watching beside my doors. Whoever finds me finds life and obtains favor from the Lord. But he who fails to find me injures himself. All who hate me love death. Let's pray. Father, would you teach us this morning, would you call us this morning to love life instead? Uh, We come uh, to these beautiful words. This is gorgeous poetry. And they are words, though, that speak to us of a great, a mystery. They call us uh, towards you in ways that you can be known, but they also remind us of your incomprehensibility, of ways that we cannot grasp you, that we cannot always understand you. And so I pray that as we come to this mystery, we would trust that you are still speaking. That there is still understanding that you have revealed yourself to us here in your word. And these words are indeed life for us. And so would you humble us before your mystery? Would you humble us before your communication to us this morning? Would you open our eyes? Would you open our ears? Would you open our hearts to receive your word? And be changed by it. We pray it all in the name of Jesus. Amen. Saw a commercial recently. It was for one of those companies that wants to help you with your money. And it shows a a brand new dad in the delivery room with his wife who's having their first child. and, And you can see on his face the overwhelming experience that he is in the middle of. And not just overwhelming the overwhelming experience of childbirth, but it it connects to the overwhelming experience of financial responsibility. And the tagline for that commercial is, Be good at life. Be good at life. Proverbs 8 is a commercial. Now, I realize that is a dangerous analogy, and I don't want to cheapen these words. 
But here, in this chapter, wisdom once again takes on a voice. And she promotes herself. She tells her story. And she looks at us and she says, you need me. This is a sales pitch in a way. She says, you need me to be good at life. You need me to be good at life. That word blessed there at the end of the passage we read, that is the biblical vision of the good life. And Proverbs is saying, wisdom can help you get that. Wisdom is saying, I can help you have that. I can help you live that. You know, I might question and I might challenge the vision of the good life in that commercial that I saw, but I do have to admit... I would like to be good at life. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you like to live life well? The wisdom says, let me help you. Come to me. Let me help you do that. Let me help you have the good life. But we are suspicious people, are we not? We have learned to distrust advertisements. And so why should we trust this one? When wisdom says to us, I can help you be good at life, why should we trust her? What makes her effective at what she claims to do? In other words, what makes wisdom work in our lives? That's the question I want to put to this text. And we'll find that wisdom works because of her participation in creation and because of her celebration of creation. So first of all, participation. Wisdom proves herself. She proves her effectiveness by her relationship with God. And especially with God's creative actions. She says, I was there before creation, and I was there in the process of creation. That's the movement of verses 22 to verse 31. Verses 22 to 26. There are all these befores, right? When there was nothing, wisdom was there. And then verse 27 pivots. And we see God taking nothing and making something. And still, wisdom is there. She is there when there was nothing, and she was there when something was brought into being. Now this passage has produced some of the craziest flights of fancy and speculation in the history of theology and Bible interpretation. People have said from this passage that wisdom is a goddess. She is some kind of semi-divine being. She, she might even be God's wife. Or she is Jesus before his incarnation. And a lot of that speculation comes from failing to realize that this is poetry. This is poetry. And it, it uses one of the classic poetic techniques, personification. This 
This passage is simply a, a beautiful, a creative, and interesting way to express the truth that the design of the temporal world comes from the wisdom of the eternal God. The design of the world is a result of the wisdom of God. Now what does that have to do with effectiveness? What does this connection to creation have to do with wisdom working in our lives? Well, do you notice how the process of creation here in Proverbs chapter 8, and this echoes Genesis chapter 1, the process of creation is the process of boundary making. It is the process of boundary making and building. God, in his wisdom, draws lines. He draws lines between sea and land and sky. He takes what could be life-denying chaos, and he makes of it life-promoting order. And where is wisdom in that work? Verse 30. She is beside him as a master craftsman. A much better equivalent for us is architect. Wisdom in creation is with God as an architect. The point being that the one who was there, who participated in the building, can help us live within what God has built. The process of learning wisdom is the designer teaching us to inhabit the design. Because this order that God has made, it is not just what we think of as natural, it is also moral and relational. So the order of creation is not just the place of the land and the sea, but it is an order of relationships between husband and wife. Parent and children, rich and poor, those who have authority, those who are under authority, employers, employees. And wisdom helps us live well within that structure because she was a part of designing that structure. God draws lines not just for ocean and shoreline. He draws lines for the marketplace. For integrity in the marketplace. He draws lines for human sexuality. He draws lines for how power should be used and shouldn't be used. Wisdom helps us to inhabit that design. Wisdom helps us to move with the grain of God's universe. To live within the patterns of this fabric that he has woven. As our creator. This week, I got to spend a few hours floating down the Wasissa River along with a fair number of alligators. <laughs> and that experience, not the alligator part, but, but the, the, that experience made me think of this. Rivers are good and beautiful because they have banks. Rivers are problematic and destructive When they escape those banks. When they overflow those banks. Here's wisdom's effectiveness. She teaches us to be a river. 
She teaches us to flow in the boundaries, the banks that God has set for us. So the wise life is a life with limits. Limits to what you can do. Limits to what you should do. And if you are going to learn wisdom, you're going to have to learn to be a river. You're going to have to learn to flow within the borders of what God has designed for you. What He has designed for your relationships. What He has designed for your work. What He has designed for your participation in society, in this city. The wise life is a life of a river. It is, it is learning to color within the lines that God, that our Creator, has traced for us. But who would want to do that? I mean, limits, that's oppressive. Aren't limits oppressive? We don't want limits. We want limitlessness. We want to be unlimited. We don't want to color in the lines. We want to think out of the box, right? Why would we want this? Why would we want wisdom? This is, uh, this is counterintuitive for all of humanity, but it is especially counterculture for the Americans sitting in this room. Limits? Lines? Who wants that? Why should we want wisdom if this is, the, if this is her idea of what it means to be good at life? Well, because wisdom works not only by participating in creation, but also in her celebration of creation. Proverbs 8 is a is very serious cosmic business until we get to verses 30 and 31. Where we find out that wisdom not only works, she also plays. She plays. She experiences and shares in the delight of God. That word delight is the word for frolic. The Bible says that God frolics. And wisdom joins him. Now this is a very distinctive version of the origin and heart of reality. Very distinctive, not only now, but way back then. You see, the cultures that would have surrounded Proverbs, their creation narratives, their creation narratives were all about power struggle. At the heart of reality is ugly violence. Proverbs 8 says, no, 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 no. At the heart of reality... Isn't ugly violence? The heart of reality is play, delight. Last week, last weekend, uh, several of you uh, joined us at the marriage ceremony of Blaze and Gabriella, and there was a there was a great moment in that day 
Uh, like most weddings, it was a very beautiful, but also a pretty peaceful and calm affair through the ceremony and the first part of dinner. But then Keelan's brother invited us to the dance floor and turned on the music, and we got to the heart of the matter. <laughs> we were there for delight. We were there for celebration. Wisdom is, is like a great DJ who invites us to the floor of God's own happiness. His happiness, his enjoyment of who he is and what he has done. Wisdom says, I can bring you into that. I can bring you into the happy heart of God. Which is at the core of reality. It is what is most real in this world and in all of history. So see, these boundaries that I talked about, they seem really serious. But you know what, you know what they are? It's like wisdom has a piece of chalk. And she draws a four square court for us. And she says, come and let me teach you to play. Come. And let me teach you the game of enjoying God's creation. It's interesting. We, we say we want to color outside the lines, but people are making millions of dollars selling coloring books to adults these days. <laughs> Now, I hear you. I hear you saying, but that sounds nice, but life rarely feels like that. Maybe we get snatches, tastes of that kind of delight, but life so rarely feels like that. Even if, if we are sincerely seeking wisdom, life often feels more like the ugly, violent power struggle than frolicking. Doesn't it? You need to understand that the book of Proverbs often expresses things in the ideal. This is the way it should be. But this book, along with the rest of Scripture, also tells us that that ideal has been complicated, that ideal has been interrupted, has been broken. By sin has been shattered by creatures rebelling against the Creator. It's been shattered by rivers trying to become oceans. And so there is this tension in the book of Proverbs, just as there is throughout Scripture. The tension between the way it should be and so often the way it is. And what that tension does is it creates a need. It creates a need for wisdom. But it creates the need not just for wisdom to live within this creation. It creates the need for God in His wisdom to bring into being a whole new creation. Which is what He is doing. That is what He has begun to do by sending His Son. 
by sending His Spirit. See, Proverbs 8 isn't Jesus prior to His incarnation. But Proverbs 8 does hint at what happens within Jesus' incarnation. And so this language is echoed in John chapter 1, in Colossians chapter 1, and Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians chapter 1 that Jesus has become for us the wisdom of God. You see, in Jesus, the eternal Son of God humbled Himself. And by taking on skin and bone, He became wisdom Not poetically, but actually personified. So that in his life, in his death, in his resurrection, in his ascension, in his outpouring the Holy Spirit onto us, onto his church, he is architecting. I know that's not a word, but I just made it up. He is architecting a new creation. What did we hear earlier in the... Service in Christ, you are new creation. That's why wisdom is effective. And Proverbs, woman wisdom is effective, not only as she, te- as she teaches us skills for living, but as she leads us to the person who is the embodiment of God's eternal wisdom. Because because to know Christ is to know wisdom. To know Christ is to be recaptured for God's delight. I have an office in the Green Derby building next door in the downstairs. But I often move my stuff upstairs and work up there because of the beautiful view and the light that those windows offer. And the result is that I I do a majority of my prep for Sunday mornings in our nursery. Surrounded by tiny chairs and colorful toys. And it's such a powerful reminder of what this is all about. This is all about God in Jesus, through His Spirit, bringing us back to play. Bringing us back to the play of His new creating work in and through His people who belong to Christ, who are filled with His Spirit. What a better vision of the good life than that commercial I mentioned a little bit ago. That commercial wants to say to you, you know what the good life is? It's saving enough money for college and retirement. How small. Wisdom says, no, 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 no. Let me teach you what the good life is. It is a life sharing in the happiness of God's own heart. Will you hear her invitation? And will you let her lead you to Christ? Because to know Him, to follow Him, 
to know wisdom and to live wisely. Let's pray.